It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nyson for one of the most important previews we do all year, the World Championships Road Race, men and women's. The women's will be a separate YouTube video. It's all in one as one podcast. Thanks to our show partner, LaCole, for supporting the pod. We have an exciting announcement for, for LaCole, which we'll mention a little bit later. But this course in Belgium, it has a, an interesting parkour, which seems to be a bit of home cooking, which it's an interesting parkour, so it's fine. But for Wild Van Art from Antwerp, to Leuven, 268.3 kilometers long. We have two zones, which I'll let Benji go through in more detail in a second. Those zones are, there's a transition from Antwerp uh, over to the first one, which is the local circuit in Leuven. Uh, it's pretty flat. We don't expect too much to happen there. Then there's uh, one and a half laps of a Leuven circuit with short, punchy climbs. Then one lap at the what's called a Flandrian circuit with slightly longer climbs. We saw those climbs in Brabant Pale. Back to four laps of the local Leuven circuit. Back to the Flandrian circuit, one lap, and then back for two and a half laps of the Leuven circuit. But can you dive down into a bit more detail about uh, these circuits? First of all, the, the Leuven one, Benji. What sort of climbs are they? What sort of road surface is it? What sort of streets are they? When it comes to the Leuven one, it is the shorter one of the circuits here. It is a, a 15 and a half roughly kilometer circuit in which you're basically riding through the city of Leuven. There's no intense cobbled climbs in the middle of Leuven in the way that you would expect in a Tour of Flanders, for example. These are basically roads that are relatively steep for 300 to 400 meters. And it starts off at the Kaisersberg. After that, we've got the, the Kulan. We have the Wampers and the St. Antoniusberg. I think uh, this will be the portion of the parkour that you see a lot of people stand by the side of the road and look at because uh, it's the middle of Leuven and uh, it's closer to the finish line than going to the Flanders circuit and checking out the climbs there. Nonetheless, this is, uh, in my eyes, a relatively doable section of the course these circuits but the problem is not that these climbs individually are great i think you will agree that this is not like a tour of flanders where you've got a paterberg an outquadermont something like that that opens up the race like that this is the attrition of all these climbs following each other uh, with these circuits like four four and a half times in a row at some point that will actually make uh the race rougher but i think that this is not the hardest portion of the race i think that the hardest circuit is the Flandrian circuit. Do you agree on that? Yeah, definitely. The The hardest part of the race is the the hardest sort of three, four kilometer section is the combination of the Smeisberg and the Moskostrad climbs, 600 meters at 7.2% and then uh, 600 meters at 7.3% for the latter with uh, the last 400 meters of the Moskostrad. Allegedly quite steep, you know, 10%, whereas as Benji said, the Leuven circuit is just punctuated by 300 meter 250 meter five to six percent climb some even shorter than that so for example a rider like Mohoric 
he needs more than a 300 meter six percent climb i think to be riding away from some of the bigger engines and it's the smaysberg or cold Brelly, for example uh and moscow strike combo that they'll really be looking at the problem for them benji is the last smaysberg is at 219 k's done which is by my maths 58 k 60 k's from the finish they then got a flat transition back into leuven for the two and a half laps to finish that's a long way for someone like Colbrelli and Morich maybe together. What do you see there with solo attacks? Do you see Belgium wanting to use uh, Avonapol there and happy to go with other riders? Do you think, like, how big, what I'm trying to ask is, how big a group does there need to be to stay away 50Ks from the finish? I think it, uh, ooh, that's a, a very good question. I think uh, to look at that, we need to look at, the entire portion you said it already there's so many circuits in a row we've got initially that one and a half uh lap of that leuven circuit then the flanerian circuit for the first time again the four laps of the leuven circuit and that flanerian circuit like you mentioned and like you said that's still a lot to go to the line that's amazing but i think that the attrition might not just start off at 60k to go i think if you look at the parkour it's i'm expecting uh moves already on the first flanerian circuit and that's where perhaps we might not even need to look at an Evenepoel yet. But if you look at a Campenarts, for example, for Belgium, that seems like a candidate that I'd expect to go on the earlier Flandrian circuit to try and put some pressure on the teams that need to try and chase it down. And that way they could force a team like Italy, for example, who will likely try and, I don't know, I feel like they will not necessarily try and keep it all close together but no, no they're going to keep it relatively together towards the end and try and have as many people in the group at the end to bring Colbrelli to the finish line, I would expect. But if Belgium can force people to pace already on the uh, initial circuit, then they're making sure that other uh, countries are definitely using their riders. But Belgium's not the only country here, of course. Are there other countries that you think that might open it up on the initial uh, Flandria circuit? Well, let's get into the favourites first because we'll mention, you know, and, and that will really define how we think the tactics yeah. will play out. But, yeah, it does finish with a little like uphill drag into Leuven and they do that circuit a couple of times more. So only 2,200 metres climbing apparently over the 268 Ks, but a lot of the climbing is like pushed together and then they have the flat transitions back between the circuits. The favourites by the bookies, Wild for Nart, heavy favourite, $2.85. Second favourite, MVDP at $7.50. I would say if MVDP hadn't cooked his back at the Olympics, he wouldn't be that long, but there's still some question marks despite his Antwerp Port Epic win uh, about his physical condition, but it was lining up nonetheless. Alaphilippe, third favourite at 13 Quite surprising to me, frankly. Colbrelli, fourth favourite at 15. Then Asgren at 19. Evenepoel, 21. Moritz, who had a very, very good Benelux, 21. Magnus Court, 23, which don't see it. Valgren, 26. Roglic, 26. <laughs> ahead of Pidcock, 29, <laughs> which is just like, what the fuck are people watching, man? Like, did no one watch Pidcock in the spring? Roglic, 26. Like, come on, he can't ride on a road, more, you know, that's less than four metres wide. Pogaccia, at 29s, <laughs> Pedersen 29, Sagan 34, Trenton 41, Hater, then Matthews and he or she, Sturvin 50s, Honore 50s, Christoph 67, Seneschal 67, Cosnifran 67, Caleb Ewan, the quickest man who will line up, is at 81. So, first of all, Benji, one for not favorite. 
it has to be favorite, but is that too short? I think for a race like this, uh, everything that is around two is uh, is too short because sure, Vanad is definitely the favorite looking at Tour of Britain, how we uh, meet out of Philippe, Ethan Hader, stuff like that. But we got to keep in mind that this is a world championships. We don't have uh, the rookies at the start line here and we don't have just a few riders that he needs to focus on. There are many countries with many riders that can definitely outplay Belgium that will be his competition. And that is where it uh, feels a bit too short for me personally, despite him being the favorite in my eyes as well. Um, I'd indeed look at it at a bit too short because uh, not only that, not only uh, the fact that he's in the attention as the all-out favorite, just in general, I think that Looking at a Vanderpool, like you mentioned, I think that Vanderpool might be, as you mentioned, a bit undervalued or underrated for this race in the sense that I would expect him to do better because I think that his preparation obviously wasn't ideal, but based on Antwerport Epic and the fact that I would say they have perhaps underplayed overplayed his injury a bit towards this moment it could it's still possible like we we have seen him come back in a in a very uh, winning way so it's possible that he's just in decent form and they're slightly using it as a, a hiding effect you think that's active i think so because if he is really like injured and trying to recover why is he doing primus classic and guk um some a couple of races in the last three, four days. He did them back-to-back on the weekend, some Belgian races. And Antwerp was good. So I think, I don't know, it's always tough to know with Van der Poel, but if he lines up... Now let's I be think... real. Fanard gets silver, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let's get into it. So there, my initial re- my initial reactions are Evan Paul's too long, Porth's too short, Pitcock's about right, but Roglic is too short. Um, I really like Evan Paul actually, at, at that point price to be honest i think if you said is there more than a five percent chance of evan paul winning i think yes if you just look at his numbers and the way he's been racing similar parkour recently he's just and and the fact that which we're going to get into now is belgium they're the they got two of the big contenders they it's on home soil their team is lampard campanats evan paul van art de klerk sturvan Bernard, dylan turns no edwin turns benji no um who else is missing? I guess Philipson. Um, what's how do you what do you think of this team construction as someone who wants a Belgian victory? <laughs> how how do you know that? <laughs> okay, uh, I think if I look at this team, that first of all, Tim de Klerk is an obvious domestique for me in the first place. I think everybody has that feeling when looking at this team. I think Victor Campenarts might be a very important factor looking at how he rode European Championships as a rider that can play both a role of trying to open things up and next to that, trying to keep it closed if necessary when it comes to a, a closer part towards the end of the race. Uh, then we've got Dillentons and, oh, would I put, yeah, Dillentons and Benoit would be uh, the two riders that I've got the feeling that would be more leaning towards the uh, later sections to like the second Flandrian circuit to play a role in that. But on the other hand, I, I somehow feel like these two are elements in the team that will 
likely just fold into a domestique role at a certain point. I just don't know where because if you look at the Flandrian circuit, yeah, you can say, oh, they're going to be pacing for Vanard, but pacing for Vanard seems a bit of an odd thing. It seems like trying to get into moves, trying to set things up in, in those Flandrian circuits is something that I do expect more than someone just simply pacing because I don't think the Flandrian circuit exactly... Uh, Looks like a place you can pace throughout, and I think they want to uh, make sure that Colbrelli is a bit of, in a bit of trouble, even though that's going to be a really tough uh, challenge. Why would they care about Colbrelli? Why would you care about Colbrelli? He's not even fast. Well, I uh, do care about Colbrelli because uh, he's been winning a lot lately, and not in sprints. Well, what, what, what's going to happen if we come to the last five k and Wildfire gets a puncture and Evenepoel has to sprint against Colbrelli yeah, well, again? Gets, yeah, well, if he gets a puncture, then you can't control that. Then you change your time <laughs> manufacturer. But I think is when is Ewan getting dropped, Benji, or are we going to see Poggio Ewan? <laughs> are we going to see Poggio Ewan? That's a difficult one to uh, to guess because we didn't expect it at the Poggio either. But uh, uh, I think that he's getting dropped on the on the second Flandrian circuit. Or do you yeah, expect it sooner or later? So. I think if Belgium don't, if if the teams don't pace enough to drop you in on the Smeisberg Moskastrat, then they deserve to lose to him. Frankly, <laughs> like you have to pace there if he's still yeah. in the group there, um, coming back from his collarbone. So they have to pace. I think looking though. Pedersen's form has been very, very bad. He was on the provisional start list for Eschborn Frankfurt. I'm just looking, th- and, and he's, he's lined out here for uh, Denmark. Who here wants a 25-man sprint, Benji? A 20-man sprint apart from Belgium with Van Aert. I'm looking, Den- uh, Denmark with Asgren, no. Australia with Matthews, uh, not sure about that. Pidcock in a 25-man, I don't think they'd be too happy with that. Slovenia with Morich, nope. Italy with Colbrelli, nope. MVDP, probably not either. He'd like to attack. Kolsnerfar and Alaphilippe, doubt it. Um, Degenkolb would, if he could make it. Degenkolb would with Wolfenhaar. But Kolsner would hotch. Oh, true. Can you get over those hills? I think it's going to be... He's in better form, but I doubt it. Yeah, true. I doubt it. Um, but I'm just saying there's not a lot of teams that want to sprint, whereas there's yeah. a lot of teams like Denmark, who I see set up to attack, and Britain as well. You look at how they rode, how Pidcock rode Brabantzapel and Amstel. He's got here Rowe, uh, Fred Wright, Ben Swift, Ethan Hayter, who want to attack as well. I think it's going to be difficult for Belgium to control these things, Benji, and that's why I think Evenepoel is going to get a free license to go up the road. Now, do you think he's going to attack Benji? on one of these climbs or do you think he's solely going to be used to go with an Asgren if he attacks and then sit on him? I think uh, depending on the situation he will choose to do uh, either of them. If, for example, an Asgren goes, then I would be not surprised that he follows that. But if nobody ends up going on a climb where it would really fit, I wouldn't be surprised that Remco would go for a move himself. So I think he's going to try and get into a situation that is ahead of the peloton and in that way, put Van Aert in a sofa while having his own chances if that break ends up making it. And whether that's following somebody or just attacking himself, that will influence the fact on whether he continues that action. Because let's say he makes that move and you see that, I don't know, what if Mohoric follows? Would you uh, continue riding if you're Evenepoel? Because you're losing the sprint against Mohoric, so you need to drop him before the finish line. And dropping Mohoric on the before the finish line is uh unlikely. It's tough. 
it depends who's forced to chase behind. If if you are keeping the gap at a nice tight 25, 35 seconds and it's forcing Italy to burn everybody and Britain to burn everybody and Denmark as well, then maybe you relay yeah. a little bit. Um, the thing is with Avenapol, and you can go and look in his data when he's pulling, like he's put, and then you see it on the road as well. He's he's putting other guys under pressure even when he's taking a turn because his CDA is so low in the road position. Uh, you also looked. I went back and looked at the European Championships when he was, you know, we're like get off the front with Colbrelli. He only did like two hundred watts uh, for that finish from the climb. He was basically at recovery as well. Um, I just I think Avonapol is a is the key to Belgium winning because as Benji said, you, you put Avonapol up the road. All the other teams are on the defence then and he's been incredibly strong in Belgian classics and then at the World Championships he did, I think, uh, 6 to 6.1 watts per kilo for 48 minutes in TT position. It's incredible form and condition and I think, yeah, he's... The problem is, Benji, not Morich. I think it's if he goes with a group with Asgren and Pidcock and maybe like Quinn Simmons, then you're fucked. Or MVDP. I think so as well. Although with Quinn Simmons, I uh, I would dare to uh, still make the guess that he might drop him throughout the parkour, depending on uh, which Quinn Simmons we get, because we've seen a few other, uh, as well already. We've had a great one at Strade, and then at the Velta, it was a bit less, to be honest. But um, like looking at Belgium in total and that even a pool key, the ideal situation I see for Belgium is that indeed Van Aert is very close towards the front of the race in the last portion of the race, and the group is not that large. And ideally, if Avonapool is in that group, then the question arises, what do you do? Do you attack with Avonapool once again when we have a 10-man group? Or do you have him base at the front to keep it together? And that will depend on who is in the group with Van Aert, for example. And um, I would dare to say if there is no one in there with a sprint that Bademko will just straight up head to the front of the group, start racing Van Aert in second wheel and good luck to anybody else who will try and attack from that point onwards because the man can drive, we know that. And I'm curious, going into uh, another rider in that team, what Steven's role will be. I think Steven's uh, home region is Leuven, so that's going to be a pretty cool day for that guy. But knowing that he said multiple times that Van Aert is the all-out leader here, but Remco also has a freer role in working for not he's not going to be locked up apparently according to the coach uh when it comes to Steve and i question what his role will be sure you can he'll likely be up there for a while and could play a, an essential role as well in keeping it together or going into moves because while Avenipool is the guy you can put in a an attack and not really have a sprint Steven is the guy you can put in an attack and actually have a sprint to try and finish it off you know Oh, I think Sturman surely will be more def- defensive or leading out well, Van Aert. And I think back to the, the template for Jumbo Visma and Van Aert is Gent Wevelgem this year when he got into a group where he was the quickest, I guess, against Danny Van Poppelsman looking better, had Nathan Van Hooydonk to close things down and then led him out for the sprint and he beat everybody, including Nizzolo, pretty handily. So that's the template. Uh, my question is Van Aert at the end of 268Ks with some climbing, We've seen his sprint not be that good this year either, Benji, including on a uh, – or not up to expectations. He got beaten at Brabantse Pale on an uphill rise by Pidcock by, you know, bike lengths and bike lengths. Then three days later at Amstel, yes, obviously a hard race, but beaten, uh, not beaten, but the sprint was very, very close. And it I depends think, on who. Yeah, it depends <laughs> who you it. ask. 
I think, you know, it, Van Aert is not 100% locked to win a reduced bunch sprint against riders like Dagen Cold if he makes it, even Kosnefra. He will, most likely, but it's not a lock either or Asgren. Um, but going before we get to France, who I want to talk about actually, Benji, I mentioned the news that I teased about Lacole. Lacole have announced that they will be, they've entered into a three year kit partnership with Bora Hansgrower starting in 2022. And yeah, it's big news for Lacole. They're back in the world tour. Sam Bennett's obviously going over to Bora Hansgrower next year. I'll be keen to see the aero clothing. They, line up for Bennett next year. Obviously, LaCole have been a show partner of the show since its inception. So it's pretty cool for us to see them now going back into World Tour as well. And there might be some uh, LaCole, like with when they supplied kit to Bahrain, they helped organize interviews uh, with some of their riders then. It'll be cool to see if we can sort something like that out to get some of the Bora riders on the podcast next year as well. So I wanted to give a big congrats to LaCole and let everyone know that news as well. They produce performance cycling apparel and you can check more out at the link below at lacole.cc but the french team benji alphilippe third favorite 13s cosnefra at 67 cosnefra i think is he's fucking on european champs <laughs> he was really really good yeah and then britannia classic he absolutely cooked alphilippe am i missing something why why is alphilippe better on this course than benoit I uh, don't think he uh, necessarily needs to be uh, seen as better than Benoit Cosnefra. And I think perhaps that's a, a valid point for France that they have Alaphilippe, but nobody's really looking at Cosnefra who's singing, sitting in the shadows and might be the person that they send forward on a Flandrian circuit. Because we, we were talking about Belgium a lot, about opening the reins as Belgium, but Belgium might be the country that is one of the ones that might not need to open it up compared to the likes of a France who will likely, well, want to try and open it up earlier because, sure, Cosnefry is uh, the perfect attacker for that. The one issue with Cosnefry is that at the sea after a, a race that is significantly shorter than this one, he was cooked on the last spot. And the question then is, was that because of the consecutive large hills or was that because of the intensity of the race? Because I don't think this race is going to be uh, less intense than uh, the EC circuit we had as well so that is a, a potential thing that they could look at and see okay perhaps that's why Alaphilippe is our main guy because we are not sure that Cosnefry is going to keep up for uh, 200 plus kilometers and be able to still finish it off if he uh, is in a group what do you think about that aspect I think EC didn't suit him as much I just think he's much better on the shorter climbs like I remember Perbance he was spicing things up I just yeah, I just I really, really like Cosnifra for this course. Um and I think Alaphilippe's sprint I just think he's not been as good this year, frankly, Alaphilippe. And um yes, he was okay at Tour of Britain, but got consistently handed have you know, he was handed to him by Wildfine Art on some of these harder finishes. But the team, the French team as a whole is very strong. Tergis, Alaphilippe, Laporte, Cavagnard, Cosnifra, Seneschal, Madouin, uh Damas on the PCS is Clement Rousseau, I mean, they've got a lot of options here. Laporte's quite fast. He's a pretty good classics rider. Uh, Tergis, obviously, very, very strong. I, I just don't know how they're going to use all those pieces. And I think them riding 100% for Alaphilippe doesn't really make sense to me, to be honest. they got strength in numbers. And they're one of those teams that I think are going to be putting pressure on Belgium to to spice things up. Um, 
because they don't want to go to a 30-man group finish. Yeah. And uh, when we look at, for example, a Seneschal, who might be also an underdog in this team, he recently won that Primus Classic, I think, uh, was it last week? And that included a, a significant portion of the parkour that we have here. That included the likes of a Moskestrad. And uh, to be fairly honest, that was a race of 200 kilometers and had less hills in general. And the last hill was roughly, I think, 40 kilometers from the line. So looking at that and how it was able to force a six-man group to end up winning that race, that surely means that we are uh, not looking at a sprint because uh, there were a few uh, people that I think were hinting at a potential sprint at the end of this course, and I just don't see it happening at all. Yeah, and also you go back to Ken Fabelham 2020 when NVDP and Alphana looked at each other also there with a flat section, flatter section after the final climb. Seneschal came second there to Pedersen. So, yeah, he's a good one for this for this course. Other teams with strong riders, I guess Germany, Schachmann, Arndt, Jonas Koch, George Zimmerman, who's actually been quite good this year, the Intermarche one, Degen Kolbach and the Niels Pollitt. Pollitt, um, I don't know. I see all those guys as just second-tier guys. I think maybe Pollitt will be someone trying to get into into moves as well. Uh, he was good at the Tour. So another one to add into the making life hard for Belgium uh, category. Norway can't ever ignore Alexander Kristoff, especially, I don't know, it's probably not going to rain, but they've got Hulgaard, who's good, Vergaard, yeah. Stegel, Langen, Kristoff, Bistrom, Eiching, and Tilla. It's a pretty strong team, Benji. I think so as well. I'm uh, looking forward to see what... Tiller and Holgard dude, you know, ex-boys. And uh, to be honest, when you look at what Tiller has been doing all year, he's been very close on a lot of races. I think he won Dwarzor at Kahaland or something and got very close in one of the smaller races at the start of the season as well. Most recently was also fifth in that race that Van Nippel won the Antwerp Port Epic. So he certainly has four men. If I recall correctly, he was fifth in that race while having three punctures in a row. So that was an experience to... Uh, Behold, on like just after each other, which is a uh, mad stuff. Hopefully, he doesn't have that on this parkour. But uh, I hope that him and Marcus Hulgard are able to uh, perform really well as well, because Hulgard was also uh, was that European Championships where he was also riding very well, and in the uh, last group with yeah. Evenepoel and so forth. Yeah, and the parkour there was perhaps less suitable than this one, to be honest. While Hulgard can climb, he's not the best no. climber in the world, and the acceleration is missing to follow attacks. Uh, on those climbs while on the shorter climbs he might have enough to uh follow such attacks and uh be of a uh, worth today uh well this weekend because uh, he was also decent at norway right was it that race i think so i can't i can't remember i always get him and tiller mixed up you know who <laughs> for world champs you always have to throw out some riders that can win because world champs you get weird results sometimes and mike turnison at 200 to one i like i like it a lot because he's won a, he, he won yellow in such a weird way. He is fast. He's at Benelux. I thought he was pretty solid. Eschborn Frankfurt. I mean, Norway is all right as well. He's just been there or thereabouts. He's obviously on lead out duties at um, to the Tour de France. He's just if there was a rider to randomly pop up and maybe. Pluger for the Yumbo Visa would put the call in, Mike. You're not, you're not a sprinty as well for not in a reduced bunch. Um, but yeah, he, he's someone I, as well as Van Baal. I think it's 
it's weird. Like, Netherlands have got Van Poppel, Anchorn, Riesebeck, Langeveld, Turnison, Mollema, Van Baal, NVDP. Who do they go for in a, in a final sprint? Why is Van der Horn not there, mate? Daco. That can't be right. Is he not <laughs> in there? How's he not there? It's, it's illegal. <laughs> no, there's no. It's, I'm going off PCS. There's no shot Oscar Riesebeck <laughs> is in there instead of Taco Van der Horn. <laughs> it's a confirmed start list, I'm afraid. No way. <laughs> you can't believe it. <laughs> That's fucked. They're not watching to at Port Heavy. <laughs> like, anyway, um, Danny Van Poppel's actually been in. I think he could probably top. I think he could top five, actually. World's Benji. Guksha Pale was second. The race you mentioned for Seneschal. I think he could top five here as well. But let's get on to another big favorite team, Great Britain, and, and see what Benji thinks about how they're going to race. Roe Swift, Connor Swift, that is. Hangsner, Pidcock, Jake Stewart, Mark Cavendish, Fred Wright, and the other Swift, actually, Ben Swift. Uh, they were at GP Denain with a lot of these riders the other day. Roe looked in good condition. Pidcock's probably their leader, Benji, but who does Hater, is he able to make it to this finish? Mm, yeah, I think yes. I think I, he can um, as well. When we look at Tour of Britain, he was uh, only beaten uh, by a long shot on the hill that was significantly looking like uh, a Mur de Huy-style climb in Great Britain, and you don't have that on this parkour. So we don't need to worry about that aspect. And in all honesty, when we look at the team of Great Britain, like you mentioned, it's uh, a very strong team and perhaps underrated in that aspect because the initial ride you look at is obviously Tom Pitcock. When you watch Tour of Britain, you look at Ethan Hayter, but... Fred Ride wrote a glorious Bing Bang tour. Yeah. And he's going to likely be there in the last 50k, I would expect. So he could play a role as well for Pitcock and for Hater or for himself, worst case scenario, because I would expect the other two to be uh, faster personally. Or do you think that Ride could put in a sprint that could surprise everybody here? No, I, th- I think Ride's the leader, man. Uh, I. He's not that fast at, in terms of like 10 second and acceleration. Um, I think he's a great leader. And Connor Swift as well, if you remember, uh, what was that race he did? Britannia Classic, he was very strong, 25-year-old on RKS Samzik uh, as well as he's there next year. He won Trobro Lyon this year. I think they've got a very, very strong team yeah. all around, well-balanced team Britain. I don't expect Cavendish to make it, but in terms of – I expect Peacock <laughs> to go on the Moskestraf. Yeah. Remember, Brabant's pale. He attacked. He put Trenton and Van Aert under a lot of pressure there. Bridged across Solo. Oh, not Solo, but he was he was good on the Moskestraf in Brabant's pale. I expect him to go early, put pressure on, and then they have Hater behind. And Swift can also one too. If they get a group with Swift, uh, Connor Swift, Luke Rowe, Peacock, Fred Wright in a group of 12, that is very, very dangerous. Um, so they have Certainly. a very strong team. Um, any other thoughts on them, Benji? What about Kwiatkowski? Okay, GP Denan. Do you expect anything from him? It would Pete Kwiatkowski would have been great for this race. Yeah, and he was actually not riding that badly at the other race this week, GP Denan, where uh, Eniels opened up the race very early in a a BTEC Roubaix circuit, basically because it had Roubaix cobbles outside of Paris Roubaix, which does not happen often. But he was very decent at the start. There, he actually ended up outside of the top thirty. So perhaps in the end. Not that amazing, but I think it was because it ended up in a, a bit of a bunch print with Phillips, and so you can't look at that position really. But I think that Kwiatkowski has, in my eyes, lost the 
the X factor to win races, if that makes any sense. Like, he's good all round, but he's always missing something to win the race. He's not a good enough climber to win the mountain stages. He's not a good enough cobbler to win the cobble races. He's not fast enough as a puncher anymore to beat the punchers that we have currently in the peloton. And that's a problem when you come up against the people that are great at punching, great at sprinting. And that's why he's one of the better domestiques in the world, because he is not the best, but he can help out um, to get another best rider to achieve a, a victory over the others. And that's why I personally don't see it for Kwiatkowski on this terrain. But I think we're looking past a country that is uh, very, very strong. And uh, we mentioned him quite a few times already and his teammates as well. And we're looking at Italy in that aspect. Cole Brelli, Trenton, and uh, Ballerini's here as well, I think. Moscon. Moscon. Yes. What do you think is their, uh, their play style in Destroy the race. It has to be. <laughs> Cole Brelli's not fast. None of these guys are fast, if, uh, except Ballerini, but he might not make it. Nizzolo as well might not. Ah. Uh, Ah, Nitsola, tough for him on this course. But to, yeah. to be clear, when we're talking about fasts, who do you think that Colbrelli can beat in a sprint and who do you think he cannot beat in a sprint? I think he's really not fast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he beat Remco. He beat Remco. I think he is, he, he, honestly, and he's, he's, he's leaning into this now and that's why I think in part he's had a lot more success this year. He is better at a seven-minute effort. And his, his his unique ability is to repeat five to seven minute efforts and at his weight, and then have a bit of punch at the end. And the uphill, he's quite good as well, like at Dauphiné, where he won that sprint against Aaron Baru, Unfortunately for you, Benji, uh, I think if he goes to the line with someone like Christoph or Degenkolb, even Kozniefra, um I, I think Pidcock just just Pidcock would hate to destroy Colbrelli in a sprint, uh, and even Rob so well. Stannard might like. They're the same speed to me, um, so that's why I think they have to be. An, have an open race, and they got Trent in there as well to do that sort of thing. Moscon as well gets an insane buff at World Championships. Um, he's going to attack from far as well. So, but is he is he fourth favorite? Good Benji Colbrelli. I think that the Colbrelli that we've looked at for the uh, latter portion of the year here is uh, definitely one of the uh, top. Ooh. Top seven, top six favorites here. And the only reason that I don't see him in like heavy favorite position, as in all out favorite for this race, is because I might dare to say that the parkour might not be hard enough to have Colbrelli yeah. at a uh, very solid, heavy favorite position, which does not mean he can't win the race, but it has to be a more specific way of winning it. When we arrive at a sprint between Colbrelli and Vanard, my personal guess is that Vanard will win. But then again, I don't know. Vanard, like you said earlier, has had some sprints after heavy races where his sprint was not that fierce anymore. And that's where somebody else who has a bit more gut to get through the rougher races might be able to outplay him. And that's then a question like where we talk about Kristoff being a rider that in these harder races has more chance towards the end of a harder race. Is Colbelli someone like that? If it rains, for example, is he better? If it's a harder race, is he better uh, in the final sprint against people as well? Or do you think that it's just average? I think he gets a big buff with the rain, but mm, 
No, I'm not sure a 260k race is something that otherwise we would have seen him doing better at Amstel and races like that in the past, although he's always been fairly good at Brabantse Pale. Uh, otherwise, Switzerland, they have Bissagadilia, Hirschi, Kung, Leonard and Scher. I think too hard for Bissiger, too long, and Hirschi's not been as good, and it's not hard He's coming for back. Him. He's, it's not I hard feel like he's uh, he's been doing decent in uh, through the Luxembourg, even though like the competition there was <laughs> it was decent, but it's not going to be uh like in Almeida, for example. Yeah, the time trial was what won in that race, but I, I wouldn't say that Hirschi was that bad at through the Luxembourg. But I would dare yeah. to say he will compete in the latter portions of this race. I think that he definitely will uh, survive until then for Switzerland. Yeah, about certainly. Ku- and about Kung. Mm, are the hills too hard for him? I, I don't know. No, actually, I don't know. no, they're not. They're not too the early problem, move. Though the problem for Kung is he can't sprint. Yeah, so he, he has he, to go with an early move, like in uh, what was the year again, twenty nineteen, that Peterson won the World Championships. He was also in that final move yep. um, together with Trentin, who he didn't speak about at all, despite talking about the Italian team, no. and probably is going to play a key role. <laughs> he'll never. He'll ride for Cobrelli. Yeah. Uh, I think so as well, but then again, he could also uh, end up sprinting for it if it ends up in a smaller group. But we were talking about Kung, and I don't think the parkour is too hard for Kung necessarily, uh, but he's gotten the problem that he always has. Same that he has in Hans Wevelgem this year. Yep. The fact that he uh, can't really get away from people because usually they still have the energy to follow him, and therefore he needs to go really early and usually has somebody with him that is just plainly better in sprints. All right, one of the last big teams we'll mention, apart from obviously Australia, who will probably be riding for Matthews, uh, although I'd like to see Harry Sweeney, Harry Sweeney in a free role because I'm assuming, I mean, Caleb Ewan win, I'd love to see it, but um, the other teams would have to stuff up their race pacing so much for Ewan to make this, I think. I don't know, Ewan, don't, don't be surprised if he's there with 30Ks to go, but then there'll be raining attacks. But um, but then there's also Matthews and Stannard with Durbridge. Anyway, it's a... The fact that Heinrich Hausler, I'm now dwelling on it. The fact that Heinrich Hausler is not in this team and Nathan Haas in the, is in this team is like literally mind boggling. Like, <laughs> Does it have anything to do with his double nationality or something? Or uh, he's got an Australian race license. I'm pretty sure Hausler he rides under Australia. I mean, he he came yeah. fourth at Omloop, like yeah, exactly. and then he was twentieth and eighteenth in Ronda and Blasdo of Landren, and he's been doing a good lead out all year. Just I don't know, maybe he just didn't want to race it. But the last big team, Slovenia. Roglic, Novak, Moric, Polance, Pagacha, Tratnik, Mezgets. Who's the leader, Benji? Oh, I think that... Uh, Moho. I think as well Mohoric is going to be the, the leader on this one. But then again, I feel like Pogacar could definitely play a role in this race as well as a key figure to lighten it up and go early on those Flandrian circuits and be in groups in the same way that he was at European Championships, also early on in the group. Yeah, at Imola as well. He sacrificed himself for Rogla. Yeah, indeed. I don't think it will be for Rogla this time around, though. And I'm curious <laughs> yeah. what Rogla is going to offer for this team. Um, because I would not say he's uh, he's terrible at it. But I also don't see it really as like the rider that will all out bring it here for Slovenia on this particular parkour. And uh, I think he's mainly here for his, uh, I don't know, for his presence. Is that a thing? I don't. Yeah, I don't really know why, to be honest. But um, because he's a good rider and yes. he's Slovenian, I think. Uh, otherwise, 
Goggle top 10 would be pretty funny and I wouldn't be surprised by it either. Are we are just skipping the goat or what are we doing here, man? Come on. Who's the, who's the goat? Oh, Alex Pat- fucking Aramburu. <laughs> is, he, is he writing this? <laughs> of course, he's the leader of Spain. Come he's on, not man. Garcia Cortina is the leader. What are you no, talking? he's not. Garcia yeah. Cortina hasn't seen form since, since the me- <laughs> medieval Garcia, ages. Garcia Cortina is the leader. Six to Eschborn Frankfurt uh, in a group with guys that weren't very fast. That is great uh, Aramburua was out sprinted by, uh, by Goldrelli the other last week <laughs> in the Memorial Pontani. Okay. Uh, and looking at the Albanese. team that. <laughs> <laughs> shut up <laughs> Trenton still lost though we do have that that one guy Soto that we kept talking about for the top 10s in Vuelta that is also here yeah I mean Spain they've been this Spanish riders I mean they've been terrible this year they didn't win a Grand Tour stage and I, I think yeah Garcia Cortina is theoretically supposed to be the guy for this course but we, we already spent too much time on them um, Colombia have got Hodge Ecuador, I'm not sure who their leader is. There's obviously Sagan on Slovakia, Benji. <laughs> Probably should mention him, just in yeah. case. He gets a world champs buff, but he, yeah. he's got the problem. He's not as fast anymore either. Like he's almost, like he's, he's lost a lot, I think, in his sprint. How does he, what sort of situation does he need to win? Because he was good at Benelux too. I think that he might be uh, the kind of rider that people just are overlooking simply at the moment because he's been away from the top game for a bit and sure he's been riding Tour of Slovakia but I don't think Wout Fanat has been watching the Tour of Slovakia every single night in his bed so um, that might be the rider that like in Richmond they're just hidden behind people and suddenly in the last 20k oh Sagan is still there and while we would say oh he's not that fast he always strikes fear in the hearts of the people that are still there in the last 20 kilometers and he will certainly play a role in how this sprint is prepped or how that group is making moves because they will be looking at him despite him perhaps not being the sprinter he was anymore, you know? So um, you think that's a... I don't know. I think people will respect Sagan, I think, but I think he'll get into moves. I, I, a top five wouldn't surprise me. He, the problem is his finish, you know, he's just not as fast anymore. And then is he good enough to go solo like Gilbert style at Tour of Flanders? I don't really see that either. The team we haven't spoken about enough, I think, is is Denmark's tactics. Honoré is in very good form. They've got Valgren who just won. Krohn, Kortbjerg, Pedersen, Asgren, Birchmitt. I think they should be all in on an open race, Benji, for the likes of Valgren, Honoré and, and Asgren. Pedersen's form has looked terrible. I think it all depends on whether it rains or not. Um, because Peterson gets that 100,000 watt buff <laughs> if it starts raining on the course. And I think we're talking about Peterson as if he hasn't had formal year, but actually in Denmark, for example, he was uh, one of the riders that was being in the moves with Evenepoel and so forth on the uh, pretty tougher circuit. So I think this parkour might just be in his, uh, in his reach. And I think if you're looking at a rider that is in the last 20 kilometers in a group with Vanat, and there's multiple Danish people still there and they've got Peterson. That is the one team that I would dare to say that I would dare to say Peterson could take on Vanat after a hard race like this and end up winning that sprint. And like two years ago, when Mess Peterson won his world championships, I think a lot of people were like, how did this happen? Like, how is this guy world champion? Sure, he was very talented. The majority of people that followed cycling outside of like the Tour de France knew that, but they weren't really expecting Mess Pedersen to win the World Championships. And now he feels like a candidate for this one for me. And 
I've been looking at him all year, whether his form was getting better or or worse throughout the parkour he was riding. And I feel like it's gotten better to the point where I do see him as an actual candidate here to play a role in potentially uh, being a surprise winner at the end of the parkour. But like you said, they've got so many candidates. And I think Osgren's the kind of rider that you can't keep waiting until the last push. You need to make moves with him. You need to be in moves with him and perhaps even launch moves with him. But um, yeah, how heavy do you weigh the sprint that he had against Wonderful at Tour of Flanders? Do you think that's viable again if he's in a group with uh, a rider like Vanderpool or a Colbrelli, for example, stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Colbrelli for sure. Colbrelli, <laughs> Colbrelli, Maurich, Peacock. I think Asgren has to just take his chances in the yeah. sprint um, unless he has a read on being able to attack them or he doesn't trust his sprint. I think, yeah, I think you have to trust it, except against the very top guys um, with the lead out. If it's a, regi- a five-man group from slow speed, I, I like his sprint, uh, just like in Tour of Flanders. But, yeah, that's, that's our assessment of the start list, the tactics. I think it would be incumbent upon... Belgium to control things when you have the five-star favorite in Wafanart that means other teams will look at you to close down dangerous moves whether Belgium then flip the script and put their riders in those moves and then what happens then it will be something very very interesting to watch because there could be a situation where they get a rider you know like VC or, or turns or whatever in a move and then that move is one that they're like, oh, no, this is actually not a good situation for us. So I'm expecting a lot of attacks and an exciting race for sure. What's your podium, Benji? I'm going to go for a podium and then I'll talk about... I'll actually first do an outsider pick. One that I feel like uh, is a rider that might be overlooked by many, but could end up in a role that might have him winning the race. Um, it's not that I'm booted this time around, despite me seeing him as the obvious winner for this race. Let's be real. Let's honestly be real. I'm going to go with Ethan Hater based on what I've seen all year. Yeah. And that is a fact that every bloody race that he starts, he usually plays a significant role. He was on his way to win Algarve at the start of the season until he fell in the time trial. And then the next day wasn't as strong, meaning a W52 rider. Uh, ended up winning that race. We saw him at Dwarsdorf Vlaanderen, I think, very close to the front of the race. I can't remember which position, really. I think top 15 somewhere. Um, so that's a, a proof that he can also do it on the Cobble Hills, although that race wasn't the most extreme. I think it was the one that Van Bala ended up winning. And then we looked at the likes of Andalusia. He was also very strong there, ended up taking two stages in sprints on hills or falls flat up hills in a similar way that this race could end up finishing if that happens and then he grew up a bit towards Britannia Classic where he ended up fourth in that race and that's really a decent result I would dare to say because I think that like we mentioned on the review of that the team probably could have gotten them closer to the grid that was ahead and if they were then he might have been a closer to potentially winning that race because he ended on like 13 seconds. And he won the great sprint. Yeah, exactly. Then Tour of Britain, he was one of the better riders on that race. And he, uh, if it wasn't for Wout van Aert, would have won that race quite uh, easily, I would dare to say. So yeah. uh, he's uh, the rider that I'm looking at at Great Britain who will likely stand in the shadows of of Tom Pitcock. But and eighth in the TT, Benji. That... Yeah, but... 
You think that's a good result. Solo Eaton Hatred will end up here. I, I don't, no, no, I don't think so. It's just it's an indication of his of his long yeah, endurance of his aerobic form at the moment. You know, eight in a forty-eight minute TT is is nice in Belgium. You know, in the last week, I think that's just a good indication. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, do you have an outsider while I uh, think about my yes. potential top three because few. I did not do this at all? <laughs> Caleb Ewan, I have to, required by law, uh, obviously. <laughs> if it's a slow race and if he surprises, he's a class rider, of course. Jesus uh, Christ. I'd like Caleb Ewan, don't sleep on him. Uh, Quinn Simmons, of course. I, I liked him in that break in the, at the tail end of the Vuelta where he came into some better shape. He was not good in the first two weeks of the Vuelta or uh, I can't remember when that break was, but you know, a good sprint against court, just terrible tactics, but he is strong and I'd like to see him on this course as well. He's obviously a huge outsider. Cosnefra is my real outsider. He's like 70s plus. Cosnefra, I just, I really like him for this course and he, he's fast. People underrate his speed as well in a, in a sprint. I just, yeah. If he races smart, which is a big if, I do like it. But my podium is Remco Evenepoel. Well, for art and Benoit Cosinfra, one, two, three. Okay, my podium will be. Uh, why go for a boring podium when you can do something uh, <laughs> bloody crazy and put your outsider as the winner? Ethan Hatred is going to be world champion on Sunday, and he's going to be doing so ahead of. Uh, I am going to say. Asgren. And in the third position, I'm going to be putting Valgren. Valgren, yeah. He he gets a world chance buff as well, doesn't he? Isn't he good at world chance yeah, races? Yeah, he's a pretty damn great at world chance race. <laughs> I think that's the reason I had him uh, as a decent rider at the Olympics, but that made no sense in hindsight. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm expecting big things from Evan Apol because he's I'm expecting, pretty... <laughs> uh, I'm expecting more from Belgium than I've put in my top three, but I want to be a, uh, yeah. A guy that's trolling a bit when it comes to the podium <laughs> and accidentally gets Ethan Hater right and can brag about it all year. I just think there's more chance of getting even a pole solo late than relying solely on a Waffenart reduced bunch sprint against 12 guys. A lot of things, even if he is the heavy favorite for that sprint, a lot of things can happen there. So I think you have to play the even pole card given his form. But that's our long preview of the men's world championships road race. We hope we. Went into a lot of detail there. Uh, if you did enjoy it, you can like the video down below. But otherwise, we're going to now progress on to the women's uh, road race preview, which you can check out as a separate YouTube video. Thanks to the podcast listeners for staying on with us. The Women's World Championships road race. Now, the big narrative here is will Netherlands get their act together as compared to the Olympics road race where they only had four riders, four or five riders, and it was a bit of a shambles as well documented. The parkour is 160 kilometers long. They also have the Leuven and Flandrian circuit. I think only one time they do the Flandrian circuit, Benji. Um, yes. And then it's, yeah, it's, so it's about 100Ks less than the men's race, and then they go back and do two and a half laps to finish with the Leuven circuit. So the same finish pretty much actually as the men's race, one Flandrian, two and a half Leuven uh, for their race. It's not those that harder climbs, but enough to be selective, I think, particularly that last Flandrian circuit, the Netherlands, um, yeah, if they're doing what I expect them to do. The big favourites 
before we get into what we think the tactics will play out are obviously, got to mention them, Van Dijk. She's not five-starred on first cycling, but I think she's a favourite. Van Vleuten, Vollering, Voss, Van der Breggen. I don't think Van der Breggen is, personally. Otherwise, Emma Norsgaard, Corinne Rivera, and uh, who, for Denmark, uh, Denmark and the United States of America, Kopecky for Belgium, no Grace, <clears throat> excuse me, no Grace Brown for Australia, and am I missing someone? Of course, Italy, uh, Longo Borghini and Cavalli, Balsamo uh, as well. But yeah, the Netherlands team, Benji, They've got these extra domestiques here, Brand Peters and maybe Van der Breggen. Do you think that's going to fix any issues we saw with communication at the Olympics? I think so as well. And it's mainly you that told me that just before we started recording <laughs> this one. So credits to you instead of me. Um, the fact is that they've got more riders here simply. And if you look at their team that they had at the Olympics, they have a limited amount of riders and most of them were leaders. And here they have the... Uh, Riders in the team that will likely fall into a, a domestic role. When we look at the team that they have, we have leaders, multiple ones. Yes, we have a Volering, we have a Vos, we have a Van Vleuten in that team, certainly. And like you mentioned, a Van Dijk could certainly be one of those riders, even though I do think that she's still uh, a bit under the rest of the leaders that we just mentioned, just for the fact that she's been used to being a domestic, while the others have been used to leader all year. So I think that she will more easily fold into a Domus sequel if it's absolutely necessary as well. And perhaps be one of the riders that could go earlier. But fixing issues from Olympics, issue was that nobody controlled the breakaway. Now they have multiple riders to do so. They have a Lucinda Brandt, Amy Peters, Chantal Vandenbroek Black. And those are riders that on the year circuit, when we see races throughout the season, yeah. could blatantly win races themselves. And right here, that's likely not going to be the case because they are most likely going to be uh, falling into uh, a role to help out their team. But do they need to control the race or can they just say, okay, let's put Van den Broek back in the break or Lucinda Brandt or Amy Peters or Ellen van Dijk? I think they'll do what they regularly do, which is to, yes, put those riders in the break, but then they'll make sure it doesn't go out to a ridiculous amount because what if that rider punctures? What if that rider doesn't start to, yeah. you know, I don't feel so good. They, you actually do often see the Netherlands team sometimes You're just make sure that gap yeah, stays, stays close so the other riders in that break have to keep working as well. But I think the big, big favourite has to be Voss. Like her condition at the moment was she she absolutely cooked someone in the finish of a, of a – I think Simak Ladies Tour. She was again – oh, maybe um, – there's an uphill finish. I can't remember. It was pretty, pretty recent. She just ruined um, everybody. It was a narrow finish as well. I think she, yeah, she just is the perfect rider for this parkour. And she struggled only this season against the pressure of SD Works on like Liège when it was the longer climbs. But here, it's perfect for her. The only real challenge for her winning is Ellen van Dijk or van Vleuten going up the road in, in solo movies, which I do expect. Uh, but do you uh, would you rate Voss Benji? Say it's a group of ten going to the finish. No one's able to attack anymore. You've got just AVDB and Van Dyke in the group, as well as Vollering and Voss. You, they go for Voss in the sprint over Vollering, right? Yes, depending on what the rest of the group looks like and whether we have a Corn Rivera there, for example, True. one could still think about attacking with one or two riders before falling completely into a role of going all out for Mariano Voss at the finish, but if they have to go for the sprint and the race has not been 
godlike hard. Like in Amstel, we saw that Voz was having trouble, like you mentioned, um, because, well, the race was being made harder and harder for her. But eventually, she uh, she still had the strength to go for a sprint. But I think that on this parkour, you don't have that difficulty. And therefore, it's more likely that she's going to be chosen for a sprint over Volering on a parkour like this. And it's not like the, the finish line is a, a 10-kilometer climb. So it certainly fits her very well to uh, do so as well. And next to that, she's also good on flat sprints. So even if it wasn't slightly uphill, she <laughs> yeah. would have been a, a very big contender in that. But like we were talking about that race that you were mentioning, I think it was Simak Latest, like you mentioned, I think stage four, where she was with Niva Doma and also Chantal van der Black. This is one of their domestiques <laughs> in this race. <laughs> Amy Peters was fourth, again, a domestique. And then the fifth was Demi Vollering. So in that top five in that race with similar types of hills as well throughout that parkour, you've got four of the top five being in this team. And sure, that doesn't have the rest of the the entire competition that they have on this parkour. I know that. But it's still very representative of how good this bloody team will be at this race. And uh, oh yeah, I um, do think that Van der Breggen is not in the form that no, I don't think some so. people are still dreaming her to be in i don't think she's going to be becoming world champion this weekend i think that she's also likely going to fold into a domestic role rather sooner than uh later in the race depending on how it's written of course the other strong contenders for the win are good sort of reduced group sprinters or just out and out good sprinters who have some cobbled or sort of short climb capability first one obviously being lot Kopecky for belgium the problem is her team it's not deep and not particularly strong. Jolene Dor is a good sprinter, but I just don't see her bringing back moves. And we've seen regularly throughout the season, Kopecky, she she is short of a few teammates often and she has to do it herself and it ends up costing her. And I think also if she gets into a group of five and she's offensive, no one's going to want to work with Kopecky. Well, they shouldn't at least. So it's it's tough for her, Benji, Kopecky, I think. As well as, as you said, like she, if she gets into a good group, G1, and it's got four Dutch riders, they're going to attack her, right? No way they're going to finish with Kopecky. I think so as well. And I think in general, I would say that it is near impossible for Kopecky to win this race while she is the perfect candidate to win it if she had a strong team. She has the perfect capabilities of doing this sprint, slightly uphill sprint, same way like Voss in that aspect. But the problem, like you mentioned, is her team is not there. And I don't consider this team able to bring her into a contention against uh, an army of Dutch riders that is going to try and attack her left and right. And the second she is in a split behind, there's likely nobody there that could bring her back except for other countries. And that is the chance that she has. She could end up being in a position that might get her to win only if she can benefit off other countries the entire day. But if you have to bet on that and you have to see that as your only way of winning, then it's unlikely that you win. A rider who I think is a similar profile, who's been cleaning up sprints, but not for the win, is Corin Rivera. She has come, she's won the bunch sprint, I don't know how many times, for second or third or fourth in the last two months. She has a strong team. The American team, I think, is very strong. Kristen Faulkner, actually, speaking of riders who denied her, Ladies Tour of Norway, stage one. Um, actually, no, she denied Suzanne Anderson. My mistake for DSM. But 
Faulkner has been very, very strong from long-range moves. They have Thomas, Taylor Wills, and Ruth Winder, who I believe is retiring, but both of those riders were strong in the Classics in spring on Trek Segafredo. I think it's a good team. I think they'll want to bring Rivera for a sprint, but they will probably try Faulkner in a move if they can get her in one. Because who knows? Maybe, you know, obviously Netherlands are going to be favourites, but maybe Faulkner is good enough in improving that she can try against Chantal Vanderbrook Black in a move. Um, it's, it's something certainly to try. But yeah, do you think do you think Rivera can beat Voss in, a, in this sprint? Because I actually think she can, Benji. I also think, uh, oh, well, shink. <laughs> I also <laughs> think she can. Yes, that's English, Benji. <laughs> and um, I would, I was actually like, Thinking back at the races that we've covered in the last month, and while we're talking about Rivera, go back one second to Netherlands. Like, Rihanna Marcus is not on that list for the Netherlands, right? Oh, yeah, she's not. Oh, that's, my God. That's the SD so works. luxury. Oh, no. Is she on SD Works? No, she's on Jumbo Visma. Yeah, I think she's so luxury. Well, the Netherlands is, is in such a luxury position that they have so many riders to choose from that they have to keep such strong riders at home. And that's just. So representative yeah, wow. of their strength. But <laughs> again, like America, like you mentioned, um, Ruth Winder as well is one of those riders that will go and moves in my eyes and might light things up. And she's also not slow because we saw, uh, was it beat Volering, I think, at the Brabant Sapel uh, this year as well. So certainly a rider to look at as well to uh, perhaps make early moves. And um, that brings me to uh, another rider I do see doing that. And that is uh, Elise Shabian. Uh, Switzerland in that aspect to oh, play a yeah, role in true. going in early moves. Uh, Reuser, perhaps as well, because I also don't think that uh, those are two riders that will end up winning a sprint. So they yeah. have to go early. And uh, they're likely going to have at least one of those in a in a move on the Flandrian circuit, I would expect. Exactly. Expect to see that. Shabby was doing it all spring for Canyon Shram, and Royce is obviously in absolutely incredible form right now for Switzerland. And she's got a huge engine, but yeah, they got to win from a solo move. Nivia Doma, she's been in good condition all year. She's been there or thereabouts all year. The problem for her is how to actually win. She has, I can't even count, so many top 10s and top 5s, including at the biggest races, Liège, Flesh, Amstel, Doise, Dour. She just can't sprint very well. And, I mean, Amstel, she would have come second or first if Lisa Longborghini had worked with her. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, she just – and I don't think this course is hard enough – for her to just blow everyone away on the uh, the Leuven circuit's not hard enough for her to blow everyone away, and then the Flandrian circuit's too far from the finish because on a on a five hundred to seven hundred meter seven percent section, she has been I think almost the best in the world this year in women's world tour. The problem is it's not near the finish here, and she won't have the team to bring it back. So I don't really see it for Navia Doma. Probably will come top ten though. Otherwise. Great Britain is, you know, one would think the favourite is Dignan. I like Anna Henderson for this race, uh, for Jumbo Visma. I think her results don't really show how good she's been this year. In the spring where she was working for um, Mariana Voss and attacking and sacrificing herself, I think she should be the leader for Great Britain, Benji, or was that heresy? I would dare to say as well. Obviously, Dignan has the experience, but all year she has not really been on the forefront of women's cycling and has not been in very many uh, potentially winning positions this year. And if you can't make the split to a potential winning position, then you also can't compete for the victory. And this is likely going to happen on this parkour where you're going to have a split somewhere and a group or certain riders will get away. And from that group, 
they'll likely have to uh, fight for the win is my expectation of how this race will unfold. And I think Henderson has been very strong in those kind of situations. She was strong at Seratizit as well in one of the tougher races, uh, the one where uh, Van Vleuten went for that move. I think she was also relatively yes. well. But and Trace Brace Elite Dames, she won at two stages in punchy, you know, circuit sort of style courses. Yeah, I think she was well. Um, one of the riders that is also doing as well in similar races that is only recently because she's so bloody young is Blanca Vaz at SD Works. Is she here with Hungary? Because I haven't actually checked the Hungarian team on the star list, but she's one of the riders I would have expected to do well. Or is she riding U23? No, she's riding here. Blanca Vaz uh, okay. for Hungary. So she won't have many teammates, but yeah, she's obviously obscenely talented. She... I don't know. She did the Europeans U23 Benji, but she's doing Worlds. Oh, there's no Should Worlds U23. Oh, there's... <laughs> How but... can he choose to be U23 this week and next week? Oh, I'm an elite now. Because there's no women's U23. Can she go back to U23 after riding a, an elite world champs? Probably. I mean, I think the onus is more on the UCI to have a women's U23 world champs so yeah, that she can honest. actually do it. So, yeah, true. Yeah, I think... She's someone to watch. Hopefully, she gets a top 10. If she won, that would be outrageous as well. France have Cordon Rigaud, Duval, Fournier, Dubu, Muzic. I don't see it for them. Cordon Rigaud, of course. They'll probably try and get in early, in early moves. Labou as well. Uh, she was very strong in the TT for someone that small. What about Denmark, Benji? Diedrichsen, former world champ, coming trying to get back into some form after not being so good for a few years. Ludwig, Norsgaard. Lud- Ludwig's sprint's actually been okay in a few races this year um like it surprised me a couple of times do you think Norsgaard makes it Benji into G1 well she should over these climbs she should definitely be able to do so healthy aiding tour we had that uh one stage where we had the uh continuous uh was it Vomberg every single time yeah and she was able to get over that quite doably and uh, we know that she's got a good bloody sprint because I think Lisa Mandedum was one of the races she did well at. I'm not sure if she won or was second in that one with Kopecky, second or first as well. But she's Andrea definitely Rosa. on that level of Kopecky in my eyes uh, in that aspect. The uh, problem is like Belgium a bit that I'm not 100% certain her team is strong enough to bring her to the situations and also control the Dutch for them. Because uh, every team's problem that is not the Netherlands is the fact that the Netherlands will keep on attacking them left and right and they need to figure out a way to be able to control or respond to every single one. But the benefit of that is that every single country has that same disadvantage, which means that <laughs> they might be able to make it if they work together and accidentally like uh, well, <laughs> respond first this time around, respond second that. this time around. But We've been saying that for all season though, Benji. How to beat SD work, how to beat Netherlands is to form, is to collaborate. But we just don't see it. Like we don't see that because yeah. it's it's expected. We know it's going to happen. We know Chantal Vanderbrook Black is going to attack when there's a dull moment to put pressure on the other teams. You just have to immediately snap into gear and not let that get out to a ridiculous margin. What about Italy, Benji? They got Balsamo, Bastianelli, Cavalli, Cecchini, Confalonieri, Guazzini, and Elisa Longoborghini, who is probably their biggest rider, but from a group. I don't know. Can Balsamo make it? She was second at GP uh, Duisburg, uh, whatever that, I can't pronounce it probably. She's fast. Should have won talented. that, to be honest. Really? <laughs> I feel like she should have won that. Like, yeah. we saw last year that she was one of the uh, only sprinters that could even challenge Lorena Wibbers. 
True. at the end of the season in the Siratisi Challenge. And then this year, her sprint has not been at that level as last year. Or everybody else has gotten a bit better, which seems like the unlikely of the two options in that aspect. But she's certainly a rider that could do well, but I wouldn't be looking at her to make it in G1 personally, because I do feel like this will be a, an attrition race as well. And therefore, Elisa Longoborghini will be vital in trying to attack away. Cavalli trying to follow moves that follow that, I would expect. And Cavalli being the rider that if a reduced group ends up sprinting, she might be the rider sprinting for it. But I also don't think that she's going to be the rider that will attack away and force moves herself, you know? I think Cavalli is six at Tour of Flanders. She's quite fast. I think, yeah, it's tough to know what... I mean, Elisa Longoborghini worked for her in the European Championships and then chasing Van Dyke and then Cavalli didn't pull through, which must have been... How that will have an effect on this race, I'm not sure. But if I was Elisa Longoborghini, I'd be a bit more reluctant to pull next time. Australia don't have Grace Brown, who's recovering from injury, unfortunately. They've got probably their leader, I would say, is Sarah Roy. Uh, Hosking, I think, is too hard for her. So I would say it's Chapman in a long-range move and then maybe Sarah Roy if she can make it for the sprint. But again, Netherlands won't want her there, one would think. Uh, so now, Benji, time for your predictions, your podium for this race. Jesus Christ, you always throw, always throw me under the bus with these <laughs> because I never prepare them I despite knowing that they are coming. <laughs> and um, when it comes to my top three for this one, I'll start off with my winner for this race and i do think that it's going to be a dutch rider winning this race and for me should i steal your mariana voz or should i not that is the real <laughs> question here now you can steal I think, it. I think mariana voz is going to win this um the only way that i don't see mariana voz winning this is because the dutch rider is off so <laughs> and that's what makes it difficult to like guess whether netherlands is going to win this or not this could just as well be uh i don't think volring is going to be the rider to really go into attacking moves either no because she always also has that sprint but if you look at the netherlands as a team then if it comes to a sprint mariana voz wins if it doesn't end up getting to a sprint then the rider I see winning is, is it Van Vleuten? Yeah. Or Van Dijk. Oh, Van Dijk, you're right. I think... she, she'll be an early move, though. Yeah, true, but might an early move not make it? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Definitely might. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to go with Van Vleuten winning this one. And nah, v- oh, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win, man. Mariana Voss will win, okay? Ahead of Corn Rivera and Suzanne Anderson. <laughs> I'm going with Voss ahead of uh, Cecilia Ludwig and third Martika Valley is my okay. opinion. Because I don't think the Netherlands are going to be going to a sprint with Rivera in the group. So they'll have made sure she's not there, is my theory. But that was our preview of the Women's World Championships Road Race. Look forward to watching it. It's on Saturday. The men's is on Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this monster preview. If you're listening on Podcast Players, uh, make sure you give us a review or a rating on Podcast Players. Make sure you roast us on Twitter with your picks. We'll put up a tweet with our picks because I always forget mine and then claim I picked the winner. Um, so Benji now <laughs> wants it on the record, what I've actually said for the podium, and we'll see you with the recap of the Women's Road Race on Saturday if nothing comes up otherwise before then thanks for supporting the podcast ciao
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.